we get to make our own music? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, YouTube? All right, this is uh, the WWC method. This is what you can produce using it. BRS WWC. Uh, did it win? Did it the final fail? episode? Yeah, we're done. Mm. We're ready to tear down the Z170. Look at right. it, though. Man, we're going to tell you all kinds of new stuff. All right, <laughs> man. Uh, the, it, how, long, how many years has it been? We are coming up on two-ish, years -ish, two years, maybe a little over two years since mm. we started the BRS-WWC hybrid series or hybrid method. And uh, man, have we learned a lot along the way. It's a tank trial. I don't know, we're gonna get to that. Like some people have forgotten, I even forgot that this was supposed to be a tank trial. So success and fail, actually failure is not a bad thing. Yeah, coming from the tank trials from the ULMs that were here too. Yeah. All right, so uh, today you're gonna hear like uh, all of the things that went well. The difference between a uh, tail, I guess, of two tanks of this one, this as one? well as the, e, uh, the 750 out there what we would do differently now, mm. uh, what we were even trying to achieve, yeah. uh, and how the recipe, man, ha has evolved. But clearly, if you're looking at this one, success is on the horizon, right? Yeah. I, I think anybody who followed this method uh, can, can uh, with this tank would say, you know what, so man, that's success. this is for me. Yeah, because yeah. all we have to do in this one now is keep trim. That's Boom. that's basically the simplest trim. possible tank there was. <laughs> all right, so you're going to see that. Uh, you're also going to see some challenges, but I think it's the challenges where all of you are going to learn the most because that's where, uh, that's where all we learn, learn the most. Yeah, mm. failures. Actually, you know, in fact, and not failures, but you know, we went over these things in the last few few days or actually a couple weeks. And what I've learned is the reason, man, we learn so much is comes from all the different series we do. Like, so we learned a lot from the 160. Yes. We set up the 160, learned from the experience. We set from the, uh, you know, all the, uh, the Beers TV Investigates. We learned from the ULMs. We learned from the WWC method. We learned from the tank in my own house. Yep. And like every single time we set up tanks, man, we learn new challenges, share them, and evolve the conversation. You know, that makes, that's a good point about this, especially like this BRS WWC series is uh, when we were contemplating this series, we're like, man, are we gonna do another build series, but they're valuable no matter how, I think every time we do one, even if it's a different approach, different method, tank trials, whatever it may be, uh, yes, there is value in doing build series. For me, anyway. Yeah. Uh, like, hopefully you guys cap capture some out. If you do, uh, let us know, give us thumb ups up or something, say it. All right. All right. Where so are we starting today? Just a reminder, like, it's going to be hard because you go back two years, uh, but a reminder of what we were actually trying to achieve with the WWC series. This is it, man. It's this business was producing epic results. WWC. Yes. Yeah. I walked in. I saw <laughs> these epic tanks in uh, their store. Sold you. And I'm like, oh. I want some of this for me. Yeah. Right? Like, I, how do you guys do this? I want you to tell me, mm. and then I want to share it with the world. And they're like, we'd love to. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, anybody who follows WWC, even when I follow WWC and still do, the eye candy that they put out, you're like, how do you guys do this over and over and over and repeatable again because they have, that was the secret sauce that we were trying to get. Caveat, this is a business environment. Yes. It's open seven days a week. Good for uh, nearly every day of the year has employees that are charged with tasks. I don't yeah. have employees for my tank. No. <laughs> so at my house, uh, or even here in many cases, uh, you know, this is an environment where people have to work, they have vacations, they sleep, they have family, uh, they have constant distractions, and it's a hobby, not a profession. Right. All right, so how do we meld the success that they've had in that business environment 
with one that you can have at your house. And you know, we spent so much energy. And I gotta be honest, when I went back and watched them, I was like, it's super hard to decipher. Because <laughs> we like spent all this time, like, oh, this is everything that WWC does. This is everything that BRST does. And like, let's hybridize it together. Yeah. And then let's do an expensive one, a cheap one, and a, you know, a middle of the road one. When you map this out on the board, it's just like, where is this thing going? I, I couldn't. I, Honestly, yeah. I went back and I'm like, I can't follow this. There's so much information here, but it's really hard to follow. So, so. today you're going to get some updates on it. All right. So again, the tank trial piece. Uh, remember, we're talking about all of our experiences here. Uh, and uh, we got, you know, endless uh, calls and in-person meetings. So we put in so many phone calls with WWC to get all this information. Yes. They actually flew out here several times. We flew down there several times to get all this information collected for you guys. And so it's not what they do or what we do, it's what we believe we should do together. Yeah. How do we take the business side and WWC success and the home hobbyist side and the success that we've had ourselves doing the home hobbyist thing, meld those two together into some kind of coherent recipe where, hey, you wanted a chocolate cake? Well, here's how to do it. All right, so what you're gonna see here now is uh, there's a five-star recipe. We yeah. made the recipe of the cake, the five-star recipe that worked out super-duper awesome. If you want to get a tank that looks like this one in two years, this show E17. the tank a little quick, uh, uh, real quick again, uh, that one video the final you have. one. This real is close. as of today. This is a video E170. we shot today. If you want your tank to look like this in 24 months-ish, uh, <laughs> uh, like... Sign me up. Then you can say, oh, I should do this. Because it was super up. easy. Yeah. It was the, one of the cheapest methods that we produced to do this. Uh, if you want this for yourself, this is uh, this That's, recipe. This produces. is the recipe. All you right, to, and like any recipe, you have to follow it. But yes. we'll get to that. You do have to follow it. <laughs> uh, the other one, man, was a winner in the end, which is the one uh, seven fifty out there, and actually kind of the uh, uh, one sixty as well. The one sixty to some degree, yeah. Uh, and uh, but it was a lot harder path, man. Oh. It, it was as not as fun. Required Seven. adaptions. And today you're going to see v V2 of that, some changes that we would have made to that tank mm. to make that one achieve what this did in the same period of time. Yeah, that 750, it's coming into its own now, but man, riddled with issues, dynos and aptasia and all kinds of hurdles you didn't expect. All right, we're going to show you the, the progression of that in just like maybe about a minute and a half. Yep. But just a reminder of uh, like the core principles here. Now this is a cool thing, man, because like you think about uh, like a uh, method, yeah. you know, methods, uh, reefing methods are hot nowadays, right? Yeah, Recipes yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever. Recipes. There's some kinds of things, some things that like you violate it and it's no longer that anymore at all. It's your own. Yeah, it's yeah. your own. This is now, you know, uh, Ryan's uh, method, Randy's method, your method is no longer the here, same. Here's an analogy, right? There's, when you're baking chocolate chip cookies, there are specific, you absolutely have to have ingredients. You have to have flour. You have to have sugar, you have to have butter, all this other stuff. But what if I put semi-sweet chocolate and you put dark mm. chocolate in? Uh, that's a twist on the recipe that doesn't actually challenge the recipe. Maybe, but... But there's basic things like these core principles we're about to talk about that you have to have. I'd go all the way to, like, if you left out the chocolate chips, it's no longer a chocolate chip cookie. It's a cookie. <laughs> it's it's a still cook a cookie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, anyway, core principles, man. Uh, we'll breeze through them real quick here. A is uh, if you violate these again, it's not the WWC method. It's it bare bottom in their case. Uh, it's more stable long-term, and it filters way better. No question. Yes. Uh, I did it at home. I can tell you. I watched all the food flush off the bottom and never got collected in the sand. I have sand now, and there's all kinds of reasons I love sand now, but like yeah. Filtration, yeah, yeah. filtration is not one of them because all the little food particles now collect in the sand. So a uh, totally different thing. Uh, nutrition. 
And protein is the conversation, not nutrients. Not, not nutrients. nitrate and phosphate. No. Nutrition. Protein and all of the things that go into producing coral tissue, not nitrate and phosphate, which is just fertilizer. All right. Uh, flow is more important than lighting is the core principle. Uh, lighting, tuned with a tool and then left alone. It's not a toy. Core yeah. principle. Water changes, 10% a week. Core principle. Uh, simple and stable. This isn't a toy. Set it up and leave it alone. Just Keep it stable. It. Yep. All right. Uh, simple meaning also not all that garbage that you can put on. Like don't put every last thing on their toy uh, <laughs> because it makes it more complex. Scrubbers, yeah. that, all of those things. There's other recipes out there to make an awesome reef tank, but to this one, those are the core principles. Yep. All right. Okay. So let's show the path that we had for this one first. So one seventy. Yeah. We I, we I asked him okay. to put some, Dave to put some shots together here of zero six months, e uh, like eighteen months Small and uh, twenty four months. E one seventy. Oh, uh, small one. There we go. There we go. To the, there we go. Okay. Yeah. So this is what it looked like. This is where day it started. One. All right. So it's bare bottom. But this rock came from. Uh, the, the, from the old ULM. Yeah, the ULM. Yeah, so this rock had been in a tank for a year and a half, an established reef tank, and but that's what it looked like day one. There's a shrimp floating around in there. Yeah, six months later, has corals on it. We did the four-month cycle, so this is like two months after adding corals. You know, they're in there. They're not doing anything special. No. But six months later, boom. Uh, yeah, from, man, in a year. Yeah. This is how far we got. That's this is successful to me still. Okay, yeah, dude. Like, if I can get here in a, from a year of putting after putting in corals, I'm feeling I'm pretty on good. The pretty right damn good. Path. All right, two, two, two years. This is where we are today. Boom. This is about a month or so ago. Oh, well, no, this is actually like oh. almost a year. Yeah, this is still about a year or a little after a year. Now we get to today. Okay, this is today. Whoa, look at that. Yeah, and I mean, it's been trimmed a hundred times. I don't think anybody would like uh, be disappointed with that progression <laughs> no. path, man. You know, like to some degree, we could say it's the best looking tank in the office. Yeah, dude. Like this is a small tank that filled out really fast. It's an all-in-one tank. It doesn't have anything complex. Just BRS two-part, uh, the little hybrid with some little bit of uh, the Part C in there. Water uh, changes. Yeah, water changes, uh, old school lights, simple. turn, plug them on, plug them in, nothing fancy, man. Uh, it's super simple. Epitome of simple yeah. and stable. Like hang on, skimmer, man. I was like, no, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, you don't need anything fancy to be able to pull this off. Uh, so you'll hear some other things in here why this works so well. So the uh, recipe works, obviously. Here yeah, it is. you're going to hear why the re this recipe works so well in this specific tank. All right, so now let's watch the 750. Now keep in mind, the 750 here, this was the expensive one. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one Spend had all, all your money the gadgets. <laughs> if I had infinite budget, this is what I would do. And there's going to be tons of people out there like, uh, laughing. Like, oh, my God, you spent oh, all that money, yeah. and look what happened. <laughs> there was a really distinct reason here. You're going to learn it in today's journey as yep. well. Yep. Day one, this is what it looks like. There's water right. in there now. So this is that shelf rock, yep. you know, the Marco shelf rock with the foundation rock. It's dry, though. Never, ever seen, no. uh, like, a life of any kind. So the, the cycle approach on this one was dump some bottles of Microbacter 7 and some other bacterial products and send it on the four-month cycle. Boom. All right. Well, six months. Ugh. Ugly brown. Yeah, I mean, but like, we were told by yeah. Josh to embrace the ugly brown because it's inevitable and you'll yeah. make it through the other side. So what he was actually saying, though, with that ugly brown is embrace it was referring to live rock, though, mm. and we applied it here because a lot of people, like, you know, are just like, well, it's live rock, uh, dry rock is what people have available. Yeah. 
it's very difficult to get dry, or live rock, and it's very expensive. Uh, and so, uh, and often comes with all kinds of pests, depending on where the quality, where you get it from. So anyway, trying to apply this with live rock here, uh, or dry rock rather, right, right? And it's all full of cyano. It's full. Uh, water's cloudy. Bacterial blooms. Let's go to the next one. Took us a lot longer to put corals in it, but now they are. Okay, so this is maybe the Six year mark or so, yeah. And you can see coralline outbreak. The whole bottom is covered in coralline. Uh, the rocks are all purple. This was dry bone, bone dry white rock. rock. So it looked like bones uh, or that white rock, and now it's mm -hmm. covered in purple. So feels like we're having success here, but at a year in, this looks nothing like the E170. Okay, so. Uh, the reason for that is because we're having struggles here. We're yeah. having like our dinos are breaking out in this yep. thing. We're having that cloudy water. Atasia like, starts filling the tank. Atasia's going like crazy. We're having like challenge after challenge after challenge with this tank. Mm. And so, and you're seeing it in the growth of the coral. Yeah. The coral's just sitting just there short stunted. Nubs, not yeah. doing anything. They're not really, they're not doing what this thing is doing. And so the short little nubbins are surviving but not growing. And I bet you a lot of people out there are like, oh man, it's me too. So that first year was riddled with issues and then we finally take a year getting out of that hole and here we are today. So uh, hopefully, is there a close up of this one too? Okay, oh, in a second. Yeah. All right, so now the corals are starting to grow and they look a little smaller in this because this is a bigger tank, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and they are smaller than this for sure. Some of the colonies but, are starting to table out. The, yep. the, it's, we're on the verge of like this growth explosion, and I, this tank can fill in the next year. This will be a completely different tank, I imagine, fully grown out. This tank in a this tank is where the other one was at in a year. Yes. So we so got it, there a year early on yep. the E170. Now, in one more year, this Ooh. tank is going to look like this one, but a much grander scale. Oh, I bet. So you'll you'll see it. We'll update it in a yeah. year on on this specific one, uh, but. Man, was it a lot slower. One man, was it Took harder and so many more challenges. Two years to accomplish what we did in the E-170 in one year. And all these challenges were avoidable. You're going to hear today how. <laughs> uh, like, you don't have to go through the same problem we the did. Aptasia, the Aptasia, the And there's dinos, a bunch of them. There's, like, yeah. a lot of different touch points in how the recipe weaves together. And now I have a better understanding as to, you know, why in this trial here, like, it, this one, awesome. That one, challenging. Yeah. All right. All right so. Cool. All right. So what we did is we actually went back through all the episodes uh, and looked at them and like was like, oh, yeah, what was the thing we changed yeah, or whatever? What was the major pull from these ones? And we're not going to bore you with all of them because no. we only picked out the ones that actually mattered. And so we're going to fly all the way to episode seven, okay. which is biofiltration, right? Probably week the, seven. the biggest topic in this entire series went after the fact. Okay. So you guys, I'm not going to get too belabored on this because you guys have all heard it before, mm -hmm. but... Live rock was the key differentiator. For sure. Uh, Live rock here. There's something to be said about that maturity of rock that's been in that environment, has been cured, mature, they call, you know, uh, lived the life. I think those UL, I think that ULM SPS tank was up for about a year, year and a half before we even uh, tore it down to put it, the rock in here. So we've got a jump on the biofiltration for a year and a half of rock that's been in there. Not a coincidence that one's about a year behind. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes sense, right? Okay, so also uh, this, this part, so there's no question. If I was going to do uh, the hybrid method here, which mm. achieve the same results with a bare bottom tank, which is a core premise, yeah. live rock or bust? I wouldn't do it any other way. Right. Core, that one of those uh, core principles, uh, if you're going, if you want this success, 
get live rock. Find a way. I would. Otherwise, if I want, otherwise don't follow the recipe. If I want a bare bottom, I'd do live rock every time. I don't think I'd follow the recipe okay. if I couldn't. Now, I'm going to say that with a caveat. There is something worth exploring here. Yeah, which we uh, haven't done yet. It's those bio bricks that, you know, they're like ceramic bricks. Yeah, Brightwell, yeah. Marine Piers, that type of stuff. Yeah. Yep. We used them in that tank, but here's the thing. It isn't just about surface area. The yeah. surface area has to actually be populated. Yeah, there's got to be something on there. So it is possible that if you used a bunch of those bio bricks that had already been established in another system, yeah. you might be able to pull off dry rock, bare bottom. I don't know. One could see the other. I'd be willing to try it for myself because yeah. I'm a sacrificial lamb for you guys. Mm. I wouldn't recommend it. How about this? We actually are trying this uh, to some degree as we speak. Because Jen is setting up the 900 XXXL. She's using she's live rock using, now. Oh, she's using live rock yeah, now? She, well, she has start. a whole bunch of uh, ceramic media that she brought from her shop that has been seated and been sitting there for a long time. But she's also going to use live rock now. <laughs> so, Good. Uh, yeah. But we're going to find out uh, eventually that I answer that question. But right for night, right now, if anybody's asking me uh, that wanted to do this again, best of my belief, you want to use live rock or dry rock? Use or with the rock. bare bottom. All right. All right. All right. So the next thing was. Filtration. This episode is eight. This is like, yeah, episode eight. Uh, this really matters because this has zero filtration on it, and that one has tons. I mean, basically zero. Yeah. A so, skimmer that we don't even really use. Barely. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so filtration means filter socks, filter yep. pad. Yep. It means uh, like uh, the protein skimmer. Well, to water change skimmer later. But yeah. Yeah, so the, like uh, all the other stuff, the refugium, all yep. of those things, that's the filtration. All yep. of the way to get stuff out of the water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, WWC's method, you know, of simple and stable, you know, they have filter pads that they change out and they do, uh, uh, I mean, the whole bare bottom and kick, kicking that stuff up. But for the majority of for their you know, filtration, it was large external skimmers and filter pads. Okay. This tank right here, the, the winner, right, uh, had just a hang on back skimmer. It's a skimmer that comes with this. It's not really hang on the back, but it's about the yeah, same kind of about quality. The same. Yep. Uh, and, you know, is, like you said, barely used. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't have uh, anything else, man. There's, there's no filter sock nah, on there. Nothing there's, gets changed there's out. There's nothing, man. Nah. Like, that's it, dude. Uh, and then in the 750 now, we got the roller mat, which is like pulling all the stuff out in real, real time. time. Yeah. We got this big fancy regal skimmer that's that, external. Yeah, like that recirculating. Recirculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has its own fancy DC pump. It's tuned. Super awesome. Yeah. Like, right? All right. Like, and that one didn't work as good. Nah. All that gear, man, didn't produce a better result. Spent all that money on the dream, unlimited budget, and actually this worked out better. Okay, this is an important part mm. of like the journey. Like why the same things don't work for everybody the same way, especially when you deviate from the, from recipe? the recipes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. If I use twice as much uh, baking soda, baking soda is great, man, helps leaven stuff. <laughs> uh, but if I use twice as much, it's not great anymore. No, 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 I no, totally no. changed the whole yeah. matrix. Okay, so one of the key things uh, with the filtration over at uh, uh, WWC was heavy in, heavy out. I mean, yeah. they're feeding the hell out of the corals and the fish. Every hour on the hour. And when we say every hour on the hour, there's Literally. a timer. There's a timer that somebody Kitchen has to set, timer. goes off, Ding. whoever's closest to it needs to go <laughs> grab food and put it in the tank every hour on the hour. Religiously. Does anybody do that at home? No. No. I mean, I could have my auto feeder do that, but that's something different. Yeah. They have their own, and they had their DIY blend, so I mean, it's a uh, 
complete nutritional balanced, you know, food that they're feeding them. So, I mean, there's all different types of proteins and uh, fats and stuff going in there. Okay. Amino acids and stuff too. So in this, in our environment here, I would not call it as heavy in for two reasons. Ah. One, I, we're not doing it by the hour. And, mm. and uh, two, that tank out there, the 750, ended up getting massive aptasia. Massive. And you just can't dump food in when you got that kind of explosion of aptasia, Feels or you're just going to keep fueling oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we had to scale back the amount of food to treat the issue that's happening in the tank. And now we've deviated from the recipe. We've made that alteration. Okay, so now we don't have heavy in, but I mean, we have extra factory low in heavy, heavy out. out. That's doesn't a doesn't work. Uh, recipe totally jacked. Yep. Now, right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay. In this one, we have what I call medium in because we're feeding it the KZ stuff mm -hmm. and we're feeding it uh, all the uh, all the food and everything. But there's just like this kind of hang out back skimmers only thing. Yeah. So medium in, low out, or yeah. medium in, semi medium out. Yeah, like mm -hmm. a different matrix that kind of caught up there. Now what you'll find also is. Auto water change saves the day. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. We'll that, that, that is the thing that really makes up for all of that. Yeah. Uh, so that the nutrients are continually rising. But filtration, man, no. Mm. Okay. All right. Oh, well, so to your point here also. Uh, so we had to adapt, but uh, if you, we had identified that at the time, uh, we would have removed the filtration. Yeah. Now, looking back, yeah. exactly yeah. that. Looking back on it, if I could do something differently on that tank, when I rec recognized that I wasn't going to put any as much food in it as the, the method called to. for, because yeah. I couldn't, because the Aptasia's blowing up, I would have taken Pull some of the filtration, the filtration back. Roller mat out, filter socks out. So you out. get back to a balance of what comes in and what goes out. Yeah, I probably would have done that. Mm. You know, uh, I would have maybe tuned the skimmer or turned it off even. The big thing will be just making sure I don't have constantly elevating yeah. Uh, yeah. nitrate and phosphate. But wow, uh, we, with the external skimmer that we have on that thing, you should be able to adjust that to some degree too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm. All right. Next one. Uh, it was flow, and this was something that we just got good. Uh, really nailed it on both of these things. So I wanted to share it, but you know, again, they feel the core like principle for them was flow is more important. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to re reiterate one thing he said because when he said it to me the first time. I didn't really get it. And so I, I want to share it with you now as I understand it. Mm. The first time I talked to Josh and Victor over there, I was like, all right, well, so what kind of turnover do you guys do? It was like, you know, I had this list of questions yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. And you know, like 50 X, 100 X. And he's like, we don't bother with the X. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I understand that nobody here does either. But at the same time, the people watching this Need want to know an X just to ballpark keep me, like, give me some information, <laughs> man. Like, I need to understand a little bit, right? Because just kind of using expertise to judge it doesn't help somebody who's asking that question. Hmm. It only helps the expert yeah. that already knows, yeah. right? But the one piece he did ca really capture, man, when he pointed around is it isn't just two pumps, you know, on one on each mm -hmm. side, mm -hmm. aimed directly at each other, creating turbulence in the center. There's dead spots Everywhere. all over the tank, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So you've got to consider where the dead spots are and get flow to them. And you know, if you can use pumps that aim mm -hmm. or you know, pumps that can be hidden, use that. But flow is the way that these animals will get rid of all of the toxic byproducts of photosynthesis. And it's also the way that they get nutrients to and through their tissue, getting through that boundary area. If you don't do that, especially in high lighting, 
bad news. Well, in hindsight, too, uh, now that, you know, the more we're understanding about flow and the, uh, and the uses for the different flow patterns, we just did a buyer's guide type episode on the power heads. And, uh, you know, 50 times, 50 times to 100 times, assigning a number to the turnover in your display is not the same, like 100 times for you with, my, with your tank versus 100 times for me and my tank, not the same. Oh, also, a hundred times in a super wide-angle cone yeah. that like only goes a foot, or a hundred times like uh, shooting as a laser beam across the tank. Yeah, totally that's different. two two different things. So, so that is a good point here because what I just said was two pumps aimed at each other, one on each side of the tank, is bad, not a good idea because it's going to create dead spots. So listen to all those words in there because actually the successful model here is two pumps, two on the pumps other side. aimed at each other. <laughs> okay, but but what this does in this cube shape with these two gyres is it created a gyre that keeps flow in almost everywhere in the yeah. tank, and then the gyre reverses and goes the other direction and keeps flow everywhere, and then it hits in the middle and creates turbulence. Mm. So in this specific case, two pumps using the gyres absolutely produce the desired result. Mm. And when one of them stopped working, things started dying. Yes. So once once they started to slow down, and uh, there was a point in which like the maintenance hadn't been done in yeah. on time, right? And these things do require a lot more maintenance than most pumps. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose flow dramatically. Really fast. Mm -hmm. So with these things, though, it didn't get in a while, and it slowed down dramatically, and all of a sudden you started to see all the tissue loss in the coral. So again, like nothing else had changed in the tank. And all of a sudden, we didn't have adequate flow. And all of a sudden, like corals are suffering, they're losing tissue and dying. Mm. Get the flow fixed, maintenance the pumps, all of a sudden, everything comes back immediately. Mm. All right. So in the larger tank that's not a cube, though, what really worked well for me was all of those MP40s and 60s uh, on there, which had the two on the front, like you do, the opposing two ones. Two main current MP60s, yeah. Then you had one down on the bottom, which really flushes all the garbage off, especially from behind, yep. right? And then one on the top that also goes behind the aquascape, you know, and building that aquascape specifically so that flow could get behind it yep. and not just have it turn into the tank's toilet behind there. Yeah. So, and it's funny that, uh, again, here we are with uh, two, uh, the inexpensive version with the inexpensive pumps in a smaller inexpensive tank doing better than that one out there. But when it comes to flow, like if you, you got something you gotta keep in mind with the sizes and shape of your tank and your aquascape is uh, you know, what it's gonna actually cost you with this recipe or what to consider when you're buying these pumps and how to get it right. Like a six foot tank, probably more challenges and hurdles to get flow right than a two foot tank. I will say in that tank with that application, especially with having the pumps down on the bottom, mm -hmm. like you can with MP4s, you can put a pump, any pump on the bottom, but you're gonna have a big old cord going all the way down to the bottom. Of the yeah, tank. there you so go. So the MP40 yeah. can just go right on the bottom, right, and not have all that cord. Yep. Like it's one thing to have a cord at the top, but like dangling all the way through the bottom. And most people don't. Yeah, like that. I agree. Okay, what you do see in that one is the bottom of the tank is way cleaner than this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it does, definitely keeps the stuff yeah. uh, flushed and on. But both of these solutions worked really well. But again, what I learned from from Josh and Victor was that. It's not about an X. Yep. It's about getting flow to the areas that we have neglected in the past and find the right solution. And this is one of those things where the solution was right from the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So next one. This one is one of the things actually I debated pretty heavily with both Victor and Josh up front, right? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no, that way 
actually, we got this one's later on. Uh, so the ah. next one's lighting. This one's actually interesting. Yeah, this one, you know, is the to me is the epitome of simple and stable. Is uh, you know, and this I think Victor has said this from the front. This is what the advice that Victor had really uh, strung a chord with me. Struck a chord with me was, you know, stop messing with your lights. Set it and never, ever, ever, ever touch it again for any reason. Unless one burns out, then get a new one and put not, it on the same schedule. It's not a toy. It's not a toy. It will adapt. That's exactly it will what adapt said. to the energy that you provide it, but not if you keep screwing with it. Don't touch it. All right. That's why we set it up with a tool. We use a par meter. We use a known spectrum, and then mm. we leave it alone. Yeah. It isn't like let's just flip some switches. It kind of looks like oh, I don't know. It looks like 300 par to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Nobody knows. Nobody can do that. Or in a month or two months and like, man, I'm just not getting the growth or the other thing I'm doing. I'm going to adjust my lights. No, adjust everything else first because the lights oh, are critical to keep just fingers off. This is also a dollar bill uh, question too. So, yeah. uh, you know, this option here, some T5s with a, a Kessel. A Kessel uh, one of the lower cost options uh, out there, you know, especially compared to what we did out there. <laughs> uh, and I gotta tell you, this is just my go-to over and over and over again. Kessel combined with T5s. Now I've been at home combining with some mm -hmm. LED strips, but like getting that fill light where the light is larger than the object you're trying to illuminate, so it wraps the coral over. And you can see we don't got any growth problems. There's shadow problems. No. Nothing's dying from uh, being shattered. Even stuff that looks like it should be. So we're getting light from all over the place, keeping everything you know, wrapped in light. This was actually an interesting thing that, that uh, uh, Terrence actually said to me the other day, mm. is if your coral is shadowed half, it's only getting half of the energy that it needs to survive. Ah, and I'm yeah. like, wow, man, that's really interesting to think about it that way, yeah. because like, you, know, you think about par, I wanna get 350 par you know, to the coral, like, well, it's kind of like that DLI thing, you know, like yeah. daylight interval. Well, what if I got 200 par for, you know, a little bit longer 12 period? hours or 500 par for th three hours. Okay, but what if I got the perfect 300 par, but I like, covered up half the coral and it's not getting the light anymore? You know, it, it's, it's got to distribute that, that photo, uh, that energy from the light yeah. from the shadowed side to the non-shadowed side and back and forth. Well, think about like a, like a solar panel. The yeah. solar panel is only getting uh, half of the panel exposed. It's going to produce half, half the energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coral, same thing. All right. <laughs> so uh, at least for uh, uh, the analogies of our purposes. Uh, and, uh, speak of, so lighting on the E170, last point here before we see what did the 750. Uh, this is, again, one of the uh, epitomes of simple and stable. Plug in T5s on a timer, plug in your Kessel, set it with the Kessel logic, and everything's on a timer. Comes on, turns off. Comes mm -hmm. on, turns off. Never touch it again. I don't have anything. It's it's what plug and play. Yeah, done. I, I don't know. Success. I, I don't. I know people like toys. Hmm. I actually want a thriving reef tank. That's what this produces. <laughs> I don't know. It's the same thing we use on the one sixty two. Uh, all right. So seven fifty. Oh, seven fifty. There's lots of people out there who don't want to use T fives anymore, right? So are you going to use LED technology to achieve yeah. it? Uh, and so we put this same thing. Light source that is big as the object you're trying to illuminate, but in this case. 10 Bunch XR15s. Of, Bunch of little multiple ones with diffusers on there, which did create the, you know, we're lighting from almost every angle you could approach in that tank. Um, it was, expensive. It was very expensive. It was expensive and it was ugly to have. Uh, for the aesthetically, this big giant rat tail or like elephant tail of cord. It's like a conduit. Hanging, it was <laughs> hanging off. 
You could probably run it all in like an inch and a half pipe, maybe. But I there was like a lot of cord. That cord that we had there could supply a small city. <laughs> uh, it was a giant, giant cord. Uh, you know, when you combine all of them together. Yeah. And it's a lot of maintenance, trying to get them all hooked up and stay together and all that stuff. I don't know. Technology improves. Okay, so G5s come out, yeah. right? And so in our, our initial like review of the G5, we said. you know we looked at it and we was like, yeah, it's, it's good, man. The spread's like way better, blah blah blah. And like, but ask the question. I asked myself the question: yep. Would I replace my G4s? And I said, you know what? I'm not doing it on the uh, 750. Yep. So no, I wouldn't replace the G4s. And like. How could I possibly suggest to anybody else that I'm gonna if I'm not gonna do it myself? That's true. But so we didn't. We didn't. And then we did. <laughs> well, so then we explored the thing again, like a year later. We right? tested <clears throat> the hell out of the the G5s. We ran it through, you know, all of our uh, investigates tests, and then coming to you know this cost per par, this you know spacing, all of these things, and found that these actually uh, can perform with half the cost almost. Yeah, so what we did then is we found that if you, the, we found that the, the, the light actually has the widest of all the lights we tested. The spread was the For best. The form factor? Yeah. Out of all the lights that we tested, like none of them produced as even of a spread, even that two by two grid of T5s. Yeah. I mean, even when I talked to the team over at Ecotech, I'm like, you're not going to believe <laughs> what we just got. And I told them, like, would you believe you produced this light yourself? Would you believe that your light has a more even distribution of light coming out of a you know box this big yeah. than a grid of T5s that's the size of the tank? No. And they're like, no way. Yeah, here's the yeah, numbers. No way, man, it did. <laughs> and then not only that, but there was an improvement on, on the, the blending of the LEDs, new, yeah. using a new lens design they had. There's the, um, uh, the Mobius, which made it a hell of a lot easier to access than our other 10 lights. But uh, the Radeon with the blues, the, you know, creating a schedule was easy or creating a, uh, a usable spectrum range was easy. Turn them all up to 100% and adjust the in overall intensity. And then during that same thing, we found that, and this is the other absurd thing, and like you wouldn't even believe this unless you watched the episode that we did on this. <laughs> it's, we tried to get the value of cross per par all those things, mm. right? Meaning let's take the total average par of all the lights at a specific depth, you know, at the top of six inches mounted where they're supposed to be mounted. Yeah. And we found that it was like the num of, of 20 some lights that we sell here, it was like in number the top five. Well, I think it was three and four. Yeah. Of the cheapest cost per par was the XR15 and the XR30. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a no-brainer to put I mean, this thing on. Nowhere. To, I mean, most people would say the Radions are amongst the best. Like a lot of people would say that. And if you gave it to me for free, I would use it. Even if I'm an advocate, like I don't want to spend that money free for sure. I yeah. Use it, right. Yeah. Most people would say that that is the light to beat out there from an LED, you know, module form factor. Mm -hmm. Almost nobody would say it also represents the greatest value. <laughs> no. No, like, but then when you do the price per par thing, it's like, well, why wouldn't I say that? Yeah. It's, it's I don't know, anyway. the numbers. So here's the deal. Uh, we tore off after, after doing that, we're like, man, you know what? We were wrong. These mm. are significantly better than those other ones, and we are struggling, and we've been struggling for more than a year. It's trying to, time to try some new stuff. Yeah. So we put all, now replaced all 10 of the XR15s in a grid, 
with just four XR30. XR30s, blues. Way better success. Already. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, you could argue, was it some other changes we made? I have no idea. Did the tank just come into itself? I don't know. But not only did when we switched over to the fours, did we not see a setback, which mm. you often see with uh, the uh, changing out lights? It absolutely does better after Yeah. Well, and a key component to that, uh, dialing in that light, and actually what we saw, so uh, you and I hand measured all of the tanks at WWC with a PAR meter to get this understanding, okay, so they're, they're, doing, they're creating this success with the flow. They're creating it with the way they feed. They're creating it with their filtration approach. They're creating it with this. So where, do the, where does that bring their lights and their lighting? And so we tested all their tanks uh, with a PAR meter all over mm -hmm. the place and kind of developed that, that 250 to 350 pocket. If you take all of the averages of all the spots that we tested in like the, num the WWC 900, the, five, the 500, about 250 to 350 par on average across the whole entire tank mm -hmm. and then they set it that way and never touched it again and here's what it came out of it and if you don't think it matters you're wrong because they actually josh is like showing us corals is like yeah this one used to be in about 250 and when we moved it to the 350 it did way better way better mm. and this one actually the opposite this one did way better. And then when I looked over at Dana Riddle's, uh, he has this like collection of uh, corals. Like yeah. he's gone to people's houses, he's measured the par and different colors and collected a massive amount of data. And you can definitely see the orange ones do best in these different mm. uh, par range. Or I shouldn't say best, I should say for some reason, visually better. most of the orange ones are always in this range. Ah. Some, for some magical reason, across like lots and lots of tanks, the green ones mm. always are in this range. So, well, and you know, having an idea, mapping out the par in your own tank allows you the opportunity to make those adjustments, you know, uh, with some sort of knowledge of where you're putting it. So, you have, if you, you set your lights, you have you have mapped out your par, you have an idea of what where par is in very specific areas. And now you, all of a sudden, you know, a year later or so, you have this little frag up there that's still a little frag. It's not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe it's time to bust that off and put that in a 200 zone. I already know where that 200 zone is. If, especially if everything else is doing good and that one isn't. Yeah. So we have this, like, tendency to just, like, try to toy with things. The whole, you know, the as, whole as light? Hobby. Yeah. yeah I, like, I don't want to change the sun. I just want to change where this one is in the sun. You gave me the ability on my phone. Why am I not using it? You know? <laughs> no, like, actually, if everything else is doing well, don't change the light. No. Change the position of the coral. Yeah. And that's what they're doing that, over there yeah. at WWC. Awesome. All right. So, so that was lighting. That was lighting. All right. The four-month cycle. This one is going to be big. Woo! Right? So I'm going to take a total turnabout, and this one's going to be based not on necessarily fact, but my current belief structure. Do whatever you want with this one. Uh, you know, I was talking to a lot with a friend last night, too. Yeah. And, like, the acknowledgement is nobody really knows the answers to these questions, but you learn more and more and more, and you apply it, and to produce you can. Okay. So four-month cycle sounds really really good right it's, it's like patience it's all mm. this other you know stuff that like we've been told all <laughs> these times and it's, i believe it it's not following ammonia and then there's the magic one month mark and ammonia's gone and now i'm done with my cycle and uh, yeah it's so the, the cycle again i'm getting past this ammonia thing like, yeah, 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 yeah we're yeah. talking about like the tank is ready ready for, for corals yeah and does well yeah right it's this tank instead of that one right yeah okay so in that frame of mind when he told us about the four-month cycle, again, they have so many bins of live rock there that they use for these big tanks. 
He's referring it to the experience of this, right? Mm. Okay, so in that spirit, I totally agree. Live rock, if you go and do a four-month cycle without the lights on, what you're going to do is take all of that like biome that's on the rock right now. It's the good stuff you want. Yep. And you're going to let it like you know Just really do its, its job. Out. It's going to spread throughout the tank. It'll spread to wherever it needs to go in the filtration. And what it won't do is take all those things that are very opportunistic and live off of photosynthetic energy. Because the photosynthetic energy, those things can grow so much fast, faster than the things that have to scavenge for organics. Right, you right, know? right. So, like, I totally get it with lye rock. With dry rock, I mean, I, we've said this so many times now that you should get your dry rock and let it soak for <laughs> so long. This is based on my own personal experience yeah. recently, and I cannot tell you that it's true, but I can tell you what my personal belief is now. Mm. My personal belief now is, I have to look back at why my tank struggled so hard. Yep. And it was dry rock, bare bottom, and it just got overwhelmed with garbage in the beginning. Mm -hmm. By the way, now, awesome. Yeah, now uh, it's coming along. But, overwhelmed with garbage, and then it was really, really hard to beat, man. Like at one point, I'm like, man, I should reboot this thing. Yeah. This is just, whatever I'm doing just isn't working. Yeah. I've never seen it this bad. I felt just, the. I don't know. We felt the same with the 750. Yeah, it, yeah, multiple, multiple it's true, points. man. Dry rock here again. Okay, and I cycled that rock in my house, dude, for like what, like six, seven months, man. Yeah, it was just forever. Letting it run with no lights. Yeah, yeah. I just like wasn't in a hurry. I didn't care. It's like, a seven I'm, months. I'm cycle. feeling like rock and roll, man. I like I turn the <laughs> lights on. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is gonna be no problem. I've been running this tank for this long. Yeah. Okay, this is what my, I currently mm. believe happened, mm. right? I, okay, I believe in this biome thing now. Yeah, yeah. Partially right. because it like a makes like our conversational sense. But B, then I sent out uh, that DNA testing thing, you know, about all the different things that are living in my tank, and I found out that it's totally out of whack. Like, you know, once you hold a piece of paper that shows what's actually in the tank, you know, <laughs> it's set up by DNA sequencing, it's kind of undeniable. You're like, oh my God, that was jacked. <laughs> and like, but it was like a picture into a window, man. It was largely just theory before, and now like, oh no, right? Yeah, yeah. not diverse. Okay. So this is what I think happens. Mm. You put the dry rock in, you let it go forever, and whatever opportunistic organism happens to enter the tank will now take the full hold, yeah. right? Well, and so if and you're using- Not necessarily the things you want. No, like if you're using a sterile environment, because doing dry rock, bare bottom, no seeded uh, you know, um, uh, ceramic media or, or other biofiltration, and you're just gonna dump a few bottles and stuff in of bacteria and get it going, you are opening the doors, laying down the red carpet for all that nasty, fast-growing, fast-replicating bad stuff to, to take over first. And then I'm gonna turn the lights on yeah. and watch fuel all it. the fuel, the photosynthetic Woo. garbage, you know, to like totally take over the tank. Yeah. And meanwhile, all the things that I want really haven't had been introduced to the tank yet. Yeah. Okay, this is why, personally, I will now use, I probably will soak the dry walk, just to get garbage off of it, mm -hmm. like whatever it is on there, dust and all yeah, that stuff yeah. for a week or something, mm -hmm. maybe in fresh water. But after that, I will not wait four months because what I had to think back, why did all of the Insta tanks that we've done here not have any of these problems? Yeah, true. I mean, so many of them, and this is the thought process that yeah. I have. On that dead surface, it's sterile, we're starting at ground zero, 
-hmm. And then in the, you know, right away, Instatank, they glue all of these corals onto the base, right? Yeah. The corals have all of that biome They on might them, as well be right? live rock, yeah. In some sense. Yeah. And then they're going to spread it onto the surface of the rock. And the reason that it's going to do it effectively is because there's nothing there that's already established and has to fight back against. So it's like those those nasty, pesty type things are at the same starting point as your healthy, uh, thrive, the things, the good stuff that you do want, and they both start the race at the same time. Whereas in a sterile environment, dry rock, nothing to seed it, it's got this much head, uh, head, uh, you know, a head start on the good stuff. Well, I would actually say that they're not starting at the same rate because I got the sterile rock, I got all the garbage I don't want, right? Ah, yeah, but yeah, I got yeah. the corals here, but by putting all the corals on that rock, Boom. I've actually given it the leg up, yeah, right? Now those things can buy, you know, I already got a million, yeah. so a million becomes a two million, yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. four million, whatever. Well, the other thing is still trying to split from one to two. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, major head start. Yeah, major head start. And that was the other thing, like in my own tank, where like, Part of the reason I was thinking about just restarting is like, how is that biome ever going to beat all the garbage? That's already in there. Yeah. How is it going to win? And I'll, I'll just give you a, I, was, I meant to do a little video at home. Eventually it does. One of the, what happened when I added, so for those of you who have been paying attention, in my home, when I added that uh, ocean direct sand, yes. which, you know, in theory has uh, like sand, bacteria out of the ocean, just breathable bag. scoop it, put it in the bag and send it. We'll test it and let you know yeah. how much that materializes. But I'm going to tell you this. What happened is it was super dusty. And so the sand covered the entire mm. rock surface because mm. it was all slimy and had yeah. all this algae weird stuff on it, you know. So the sand turned it all white. And I was going to blow it off. I'm like, you know what? Just let it go. If it's true. That the bacteria is on those particles. Bacteria is on those particles. You just spread it. I now just gave a mechanism for it, mm. A, to kind of like starve out the light because it's now covering it. Yeah. And now there is like the troops came in in a quantity that maybe can <laughs> overwhelm it. And no question, man, the day after, the tank was so much better than it was the day before, huh. and so on. In a week, man, it was like, man, I know where I'm going. In two weeks, this tank's awesome. Huh. Right? It was interesting. For a fight that, like, if you watch my Facebook, and this is like, man, this guy, poor suffering. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and like, I just don't know what's going on, you know? <laughs> so I can't tell you any of this is fact. We can only share experiences with each other. That's true. I will tell you. I believe that in the biome thing now, all the way, it's a bunch of stuff that you'll never touch or know exactly if you've done it right, but I believe in finding ways to add that biome to the tank, like, and don't let that tank build up all the negative stuff for four months beforehand. Yeah. Now again, WWC using live rock, biome's already complete. It's, it's there. Yeah. It's already done. Mm, so much, so plausible. Yeah, very. How, how could it? How could it not be that? So it's so plausible. If my grandma asked me what to do, man, I would tell her to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody that I owe my life to, man. I would say, <laughs> this is what I believe wholeheartedly. Here, here's how to do this. All right. So, four month cycle. Just to reiterate here, live rock. Absolutely, I totally understand why you're going to be able to get some of the photosynthetic opportunistic stuff back yeah. down. The rest of it really, you know, getting established mm. and c continuing that, getting some of the gunk out of it as well. Dry rock, I think I'd start it right away, throw corals on it and call it a day. Yep. I, in fact, this is one thing, man. We've talked about whether or not fish stores should sell like live rock oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
this is something like if I was a fish store, I would go out and do this today because so everyone should buy one of these. I would stack up those Marine Pier bricks, or the Brightwell yeah. bricks in an established system, like the ones that have been in there for a year. Every time you take one out, I'd put a new one yep, in. Yep, 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 yep. I would sell those biome bricks to every single person that has dry rock in their tank to help that 10 billion little uh, organisms beat out the ones mm. or twos and the optimum. The people that you're selling ones. that stuff to, high, high, higher percentage of success. I mean, we saw it in the, uh, the like those those test tanks we did with the oh uh, the flow tanks with the, um, the ORA corals. ORA corals. Yeah. Just threw that brick just in the one, bottom. Never just had one any brick. issues. Yeah. Now we didn't have any rock in that tank, so it's a little different. But yeah. all we did is throw one brick in there, and zero or near zero like, mortality of yeah. 136 corals. The tanks just thrown up day one, bare bottom. Never had any issues. Just as bio brick. So if you're a fish store, man, I think that would be one of the most beneficial things you could do for your customers is get those things yeah. set up so somebody could come mm. in and add biome to the tank right away. Jen's on top of it. She, she, she should. She swapped out some new ones for the ones mm. she brought from the shop. All right, elements. This one's really uh, actually kind of an interesting thing too. So oh, yeah. this is major, minor, and trace elements. Yeah. We had two solutions here just to bring you up to date. That one, this one here is just the, uh, the uh, BRS Pharma along with part C from uh, Tropic Marine. Mm -hmm. And once it got filled out, we added the A and K to the, the two, two parts as yeah, well. Yeah, like they suggest. It's really simple, really cheap. It's trace elements, major minor elements, and would you say that it works? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like if you, uh, show, the, show the picture again of all the color here. So like. Okay, here guys. You know, would you this say is, this, this works? is the video we shot today, you know. If you're looking for better than this from major minor and trace elements, I, tell me what you're looking for. I, I don't know. So uh, go ahead. Uh, but <laughs> this was really inexpensive yep. uh, and produced this result over two years. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Good. All right. So in the uh, 750, we used a calcium reactor for a couple of reasons, but one of them I think was selfish, like just uh, the desire for cool factor. To, yeah, to gear. Well, and if you look at WWC, they were using calcium reactors, but there's a different reason that they chose calcium reactors over us. You know, for them, it's the most efficient thing that they have for the store, cost effective. So if you talk to Victor, you know, yeah. the, uh, like one of the founding fathers of <laughs> WWC, he will tell you he loves and adores Kelkwasser, right? Mm. Kelkwasser, his number one favorite thing because it keeps the pH up. Yep. It's really inexpensive and easy to use. Yeah, easy. Right? We've got barrels Two part. Yeah, it really gets it, especially for a home tank, because the, the two-part is really easy to use as well. Uh, it takes you a long way. It's just, like, at scale, it gets expensive. So if you're going to, like, set up an 800-gallon tank, man, this, this is going to be Two parts, yeah, yeah it's so, not your so. best choice. So for, you know, like, if you're going to have an 800-gallon tank, calcium reactor is the most cost-effective cost solution, and the Kelkwasser drum of water for that starts to get ridiculous, yeah. too. And they actually did both at the same time. But that was one important part. And we're going to hear this video someday in the future of, like, the forgotten additive, Kelkwasser, because I just put it on my own tank, and I'm super happy that I did. <laughs> uh, it's Kelkwasser is one of the best additives out there. It's cheap. It doesn't have any salinity issues. There's no excess chloride or uh, 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 sodium, sodium in, yeah. in the water. There, it, it raises the pH significantly. 
And it's just really, really easy so to easy. use. Yeah. And so I don't know why it got overlooked so much, but you should hear that. Now, the calcium reactor, we put it on here for cool factor, which was the wrong thing, because really simple and stable is the core thing here. Two-part or calcium? Yeah, and we got this kind of elaborate calcium reactor with which these dosing pumps and stuff. Which we didn't even need anyway, because uh, these corals are uh, in the 750 are hardly sucking anything up too. So, I mean, you don't need this massive monstrosity. Yeah. We could have got so far with a cal with just a reservoir calcium. Yeah, I don't know. I, if I could do it again, mm -hmm. I at a home level, it either would have incorporated the kelp washer or it would have done exactly what I did here, which is just BRS Pharma with, with the Tropic Marin. Tropic yeah. Marin. Mm -hmm. uh, because it worked and it's simpler and I don't have all that stuff. Because we've had like dosing pumps die mm -hmm. more than once now, the like uh, continuous duty dosing yeah. pumps that uh, have yeah, worn yeah. out. So, you know, I, I don't think I'd do that. In fact, if I'm being straight, I don't think I would put any item on my tank that I know is intentionally going to lower the pH mm. and in a world where I'm trying to grow coral faster because those things are very counterintuitive. Right, right, right. Well, and I mean, depending on the calcium reactor media and some of the tests that we've been doing, uh, you can have calcium reactor media that puts up to like almost 800 times the amount of phosphate than uh, what's in your fresh salt water. That was actually an interesting thing. I didn't get it when I was there. They shared they used the phosphate E from Brightwell yeah, to pull out all the that. excess phosphate. And I'm like, but they're using why the do media. you guys have this phosphate problem mm. here? Like where like nitrates aren't going up, but your phosphates are out of control all the time and you keep trying to lower them down. I shouldn't say out of control because they're in control with the phosphate E, but why do you have to use this additive to help that? It's because there's so much phosphate in calcium reactor media. Oh man, the media. So we've found calcium reactor media that doesn't, that seemingly has zero phosphate or adds very, very little. But I think the, the media they're using and the media that we had on here, 800 times the amount of phosphate. So now you're talking about, uh, is your calcium reactor media giving you trace elements? Some, but not to the degree that you can get with part C and A and K from Tropic Marin as a complete tra uh, trace element solution. Uh, you're adding phosphate in, lots of phosphate in. Uh, it's complicated, it's all this gears and things that can fail. Like, at what point was that simple and stable? Yeah, so this is one of those pieces where if we're trying to find that balance before what worked at the store and what worked at home, and a normal average type tank, two-part. Yeah. It, I, Easy. End of story. Yep. All right, so, uh, all right. So the next one was, what do corals eat? <laughs> uh, that was episode 15, actually. Yeah, feeding and the corals. This was actually the most difficult thing to try to replicate in this hybrid method. It's that thing we were talking about earlier where at WWC, there's an alarm ding. every hour, ding, go feed the tank. Yep. Uh, and they're there seven days a week. Yeah, and it's, you know, frozen food, you know, the homemade food they put in there. And the idea is the food feeds the corals, but also the poo from, you know, the waste of the fish. Because, you know, fish's digestive tract is really poor. So a lot of what they're really doing is just kind of like taking that processing food. Processing it, yeah. Processing it into smaller particles that mm -hmm. kind of blow up in the water. <laughs> yep. And so... Yep. And the corals are just sitting there trying to capture organics that are nutrient rich, and they still are. Mm -hmm. So, how do you do that at home, man? Like, tried it with auto feeders. It really wasn't the same with dry food. No. You know, you can do it with dosing pumps and additives, but like, we never really replicated the, the on the portion. hour by the hour, yeah. super heavy and heavy out. Yeah. All right, and you can i mean there's a couple ways to, to mitigate that i guess in a home environment uh, you know 
a, a more varied and diverse diet. So whether like our DIY reef chili is probably all of the things that you might need for a jam-packed coral. You know, it's got liquid aminos and all these really small particles and uh, uh, like the reef chili that goes in there. All of the stuff that can be captured by the coral uh, for that what is it that other ten percent um, or we also do the KZ bottle. So we started doing KZ back on the 160, and now we've implemented it on all these other tanks where the fish are getting their normal diet stuff, but we come behind with blue bottles and amino acids and coral foods and coral vitalizers and all this other stuff, and we also broadcast feed the tank too. Yeah, yeah so this is one of the pieces that I picked up. So if you get your elements in pH right, you're going to see skeletal growth skyrocket, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> And there might be one of the reasons why the 750 actually doesn't grow as fast is in this case, we're using a two-part, which elevates the pH. Mm -hmm. In that case, we're using a calcium metric, which decreases the yep. pH. Right? Yeah, sure. We all know how that will affect the, calci or the calcification of the coral, right? So now the part that like, I really brought home was talking to Josh was when he talks about coral nutrition and feeding him, he's talking about protein, 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 yep. protein, protein. Yep. Why? because the tissue on the coral is protein-based, right? Yeah. So uh, if I'm gonna grow the skeleton really fast, I'm gonna have to provide the ability for the coral the tissue. to grow its tissue and protein Just as really fast. fast, right? Yeah. All right, and so like, ah, I totally get it. And he's like, yeah, super thin tissue, sign of low protein, mm. low, low color. And one of the ways that you know we can solve that really quickly, and you see that is amino acids. And yeah. so he used the Brightwell coral amino, and yep. he's like, "Yeah, dude, it totally turns these corals all the way around." Yeah. So we saw it. We saw it in the pH test where we saw 50% more growth doing the 8.3. Yes. Right. And then we came around after that and did but they a second. Like crap. Yeah, and we did a second test where we just started dose, kept those same pH levels, and started dosing coral aminos to both of them, and there was the turning point. So there's two different investigate series, months long. One of them defin definitively showed that it calcifies faster yep. at a higher pH, but man, the tissue looks like crap. It did. It's super thin brown, and unhealthy. Thin, yeah. brown. We add the coral amino. For another test. And amino acids, for those of you who don't know, are the building blocks of proteins. So it's a lot easier for the coral to turn those Suck nutrients in. yep. into actual protein-based tissue. Mm -hmm. And I would later learn that most corals actually have adapted ways to absorb protein or amino acids right through their tissue. Yeah, right? yeah. They Osmosis actually have a, type deal? You know, um, a mechanism mm. for that built into their tissue. Mm. So very interesting, that fact. But it was true. He told us, man, you take the six corals, the thin corals, you put the amino acid, we watch them come back to life. We showed it in a video, you absolutely <laughs> saw it too. So uh, I don't know. So that was a big piece of that. It was very hard to replicate this mm -hmm. thing. And I'm gonna tell you that, you know, again, we haven't found the exact methodology per se that you found to one for one replace hourly foods. But I'm gonna tell you for me. There's tweaks you can make. Uh, I found adding amino acids specifically to the tank is providing adequate nutrition for the coral to produce its protein-based tissue. And I say that not because I can definitively prove it, other than the corals look awesome when I do, you don't see the thin tissues, and the ones that were thin instantly become not thin. Mm. And it's one of those things where in a matter of three weeks, you can see the whole thing the turn change. around, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know if it's anecdotal, man. I, for me, I believe 100%. It's another thing that you would uh, tell your grandma to do. 
Yes. <laughs> Sweet Elaine, I tell you to do that. Uh, all right. So in, in that spirit, uh, the next one was water changes. So for those of you who don't know, for big kid, uh, like they have a bin. They walk around, do 10% water changes weekly without fail. Happens yes. every time. Employee does it. They do not skip it. Yep. Yep. So here... We put it on auto water changes. Uh, and I think there were this one was actually more aggressive because there was no filtration. So yeah. I think it was doing 3% daily, which is a lot more than 10% weekly. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know what? Nobody's arguing about the result. I, yeah. Uh, so it, it did more. We we're compensating for the fact that the filtration was really weak on this tank, but worked out. Yeah. The 750 though. Mm, yeah. I think again, awesome, awesome filtration. Auto water changes, roller mat in there, uh, super huge skimmer. Struggled. Do we? It was starving for nutrients mm. in, in that environment. Yeah, man. That's so, true. Uh, you know, now looking back, I would have scaled a lot of the filtration back to to meet that need. Yeah, and the, but the water changes being the ultimate equalizer for any issues that go wrong and stuff like that too. So, yeah, would we enter? Would I entertain the no water change uh, conversation again? I'm personally, nope. Mm -hmm. I, I will forever do water changes, whether they're going to be automatic or manual. All right, next one. This one, uh, I like. I mean, I actually had some hot debates with with, uh, <laughs> with both, WWC. Yeah, with both yep. Victor and Josh, right? Yeah. Okay. Because even you said, even if we gave it to you for free, would you use it? They said no. Okay, so that was actually quiet. I'm gonna throw Josh on the bus. He's gonna be in big trouble. <laughs> this is years ago, so maybe not. Uh, but like, if I, I I asked Victor, man, if I gave you a controller for free, if we gave you Apex for free, would you use it? No, I stay in tune with the tank. I don't need any of the necessary mm -hmm. gadgets, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when I talked to Josh, he's like, if you gave it to me for free, don't tell Vic, but yes. I'll take right? five of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you gave it to me for free, I'd put it on here. And he's like, but I probably wouldn't use all the features, but yeah. I definitely want to know when like it's something's going wrong, yeah, the monitoring. temperature's off. Yeah. I, want, I want an alarm to go off because if I come back here, like, I don't think he actually said these words, but like, dude, if he nuked one of those tanks, man, job's at risk. Yeah. Right? Maybe not one, but two, definitely, right? Uh, so he doesn't want to be that person who shows up and has to explain to Vic why the tank's dead. Yeah. So as that person, I want to know when, you know, I have overdosed chemistry, when temperature's wrong, when, you know. Things like, aren't yeah. connected, pumps die, yeah. all, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Power okay. outage, the whole nine. I think that was the evolution of the conversation for me. Oh, where that it's like control versus monitoring. Yeah, forget the control. I know there's the control freak aspect of it. That's yeah. Instantaneously, will fix everything, it's and it will do all of it that does stuff. This, 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 yeah. But when I finally had a conversation with Vic, man, I was like, dude, really, man? If the pH something happened, the pH hit uh, like uh, you it know that calcium out. reactor, you know, went crazy, and it hit seven point two. How fast would you want to know about it? Well, immediately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and the problem is, is like he's got a whole team of employees that are doing it, making sure that he doesn't have to worry about that. But there are some. But times. if it was, man, I, the answer is I want to know yeah. fast. Mm. You know, and so for me, that was the piece about the monitoring. And I'm going to tell you, this is why I believe this 100% wholeheartedly because we had to actually go through this exercise today. Yep. Would ah. these two tanks exist if we didn't have monitors on them? Given the home and work environment, you know, it's for a business like WWC, maybe, and they have been without one. But for us at home and average hobbyists, 
No, I mean, literal. We know for sure these, these tanks, tanks would have exist. failed. Yeah, we had like three to four cases where if we didn't have the apex to monitor, these would have died. Yeah, so I had a couple of them on here. Uh, like, there are many times where this specific room has a oh, yeah. heat and a cooling issue where the thermostat's in the other room and the cooling, but like the whole building has this problem. We can't seem to solve it. Summertime. And so there's a sign on my door that says, keep the damn door open, <laughs> right? Uh, otherwise it gets too hot or too cold in here and the cleaners often don't listen to it. And so there's been several times mm. where the alarm's gone off and we had to come in here at night Weekends, or during the day. nights, yeah. yeah and come Josh. and solve that thing, right? Josh. Good for Josh. There's man. also been uh, ATO problems. There's also been, this one had a, an alkalinity overdose, if you follow Just along. Left the pump on. We, and we turned the pump on to prime it and forgot it. Yep. Right? Yep. Came back in the morning oh, to super Josh. cloudy tank. Uh, uh, yeah, our Josh. Uh, came back, I came into work, man, and the tank was milk. Uh, I thought everything was dead. Right, like, and did a massive, almost one hundred percent water change. We did one hundred percent water yeah. change, actually, from the seven fifty. Ah, yeah, right, uh, and solved the problem instantaneously. But like, Josh was already flying in because the alarm went off. If we were On using a slightly in. different, uh, if we would have used sodash instead of bicarb, it would have notified us immediately in, in the that middle of the happened, night. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And better yet, a controller would have actually just turned it off. Yes, uh, that's a good point. Even, well. even better. But. Uh, yeah. The probably the biggest one, and we had to publicly air that that one was the power, the GFCI failure for the outlet for the 750, where um, we actually didn't even know that happened. So the apex, uh, the monitoring didn't tell us, but uh, luckily we had some employees in the in the back of the warehouse who walked by the tank and goes, something doesn't seem right here, and then started making the phone calls and the text messages for us to get in here, but there's like $5,000 loss of fish. If we had turned on the power monitor. If we had turned on the heartbeat, we would have known the instant, or actually not the instant, but you know, it just bounces off the, am I getting connected, am I getting connected? I haven't talked to my APEC, I haven't talked to it in a while, and now it's, okay, crisis mode, I haven't talked to your computer, your fish tank for a while, you should probably go check that out. Had we have done that, we probably would have saved a lot of fish lives, uh, but we didn't, but it was a lesson learned. This one too, actually. And better so backups. This one here, remember we told you earlier that uh, we started to see a lot of tissue loss from ah, some of the true. corals yeah, in yeah, here because yeah, yeah. the gyre had slowed down. If we had the power monitoring on for the gyre at that point in time, an alarm would have gone off and said, hey, the gyre's consuming a lot less power than it should be. You should dirty. probably clean it, lazy. <laughs> right? And so like, we would have cleaned it. And now you might be saying, don't you guys preach all the time about power monitoring and all this stuff? Yeah, but we're also human. We've got 8 million tanks oh, here, and so we don't actually... To try to do get every single outlet. Every last thing. We try to preach the best to help everybody be the most successful, and then we miss things. And sometimes. try to remember to do it ourselves. All right. But, but without, without fail, or without any question, I should say... Yes. Monitoring. If we didn't have monitoring on both of these tanks, they would have both failed. of them wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be here today. They wouldn't. Nope. At several points, not just one, several points they wouldn't have existed. And it's because we're only here during like nine to five. We're not here on weekends and we're human. We make mistakes. All the time. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So uh, that's a piece for monitoring, man. They, like Essential. I would really bring home. Yeah. I mean, especially for that hybrid, you know, melding the two together for the, uh, for the home hobbyist. We just don't have the luxury of being around our tanks 24 seven.
Mm. By the way, at the end of today's episode, we got a really cool thing for subscribers. Oh, he so hinted it. He dropped it. All right, so uh, number 18, stability. All right, so stability was this thing that, you know, he talked about a lot. I didn't really get it. You know, I, I mean, I understood what he's saying, but, like, it's not a thing you can, like, touch or say do. It's a thing, man. It's a mentality. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that... I now understand that I'm not maintaining this like this aquarium. I'm maintaining an ecosphere, like biosphere of mm -hmm. life. And that like if I walked into your house and decided to change the temperature from 65 to 75 all the time, you'd go crazy. Yeah, but right? you wouldn't go to sleep. Here, it man, affect your health. God. You know, all <laughs> kinds of different things would happen. Uh, if I took the uh, amount of nutrition that you got in, in a day and I force fed you an enormous amount of light uh, or nutrition <laughs> one day, and then another day I like decided that, you know, man, you could only eat celery, I'd screw you up. Well, right? like you made the analogy one time of, uh, if I put you out in an igloo outside, you got used to eating in the winter, you know, harvesting your food, you living in that condition, and just when you got used to that, I picked you up and I put you in the jungle, and now you have to adapt to that. When you just got ad adapted to that, we're going off to the desert and doing something else. Like, there's yeah. no way I'd survive. Most humans would be able to make the single adaption to the igloo, yeah. to the desert, to the jungle, <laughs> but if I keep switching it up on you, man, you're dead. You're dead, yeah. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So here's what it really means, man, mm. is stop messing with it. Keep your chemistry stable. Yeah. Alkalinity specifically matters the most. So find your alkalinity and peg it. Uh, but also really stability in that beginning, man, is that conversation about the biome and not letting it like get totally out of whack before you correct it. So use live rock uh, if you can find it in a bare mm. bottom. I still will use dry rock, but I'm going to use sand in, in my cases. Yeah. But like in this method, if you're going to use a WWC method with bare bottoms, use live rock or go to extreme lengths with mm. dry rock to find ways to add biome to it. Yes. Because at beginning, the stability, it's the difference between the stability of that tank. When I say stability too, like I'm not talking about like this chemistry thing. Like stability, stable in this one meant no issues. That one meant constant blooms, it meant aptasia, it meant dinos, it meant like all kinds of just garbage. And every time we're trying to fix one of those things in garbage, man, else. it just sets off another thing. Yep. So stable chemistry uh, and approaches. All right, number 19. Episode Fish 19? Fish with a purpose. Fish with yeah, a purpose. episode 19. Fish with a purpose. Is there anything that we would change with this? I think this was probably, I think this uh, this telling people about you know tangs and getting them first and telling them about you know the wrasses and what they can do for uh, potential worms and bugs that end up in the system, which you never know unless you're quarantining everything. Filefish for those uh, aptasia that might pop their head up someday. Uh, giving everybody the permission and it's, it really changed the way I think about uh, cleanup crew. What I consider a cleanup crew is finding a utilitarian fish and putting them in there for the job that they're designed for. Okay, so yes, all the algae ones, the tangs and all that kind of stuff, yes. rabbit fish, stuff like that. But if I was gonna like really uh, advise anybody, there was a couple other ones they really put in there. Mm. One was uh, having those uh, wrasses in there, the kind of like pecket stuff, yep, uh, yep. six lines, but they can be kind of mean, but yeah. other similar things like that, that are always hunting the surface. And those things, you may end up with money eating nudibranchs or flatworms or yes. whatever. 
and never even know because they were, you have this thing in there constantly eating them before they become a problem. Yes. And this is uh, now, we experienced this just recently in the 160. We took out the fish that were actively feeding on acroating flatworms, and then we were watching the aflo, watching these other corals, and like, man, those look like bite marks. Man, those are acroating flatworms. And now we're on the recovery process of that and watching these, these same things, uh, these same types of fish that we took out, and put them back, reintroduce them, and now watching everything go back to a balance. Something we were actually finding in the 750, some bite marks. So I'd say before you put in the coral, put in something, uh, a wrasse that actively goes after those things. Mm. Uh, you know, even things like a mandarin, when I wouldn't, wouldn't put that right away, but later on when the tank's established, going after some parasitic uh, copepods, you know, going after all those things, man, they can go over. If you have natural predators in there, mm. you will probably have them, but you'll never even know. That file fish, that Aptasia aiding file fish, like, that is a perfect one. Oh, You'll probably add Aptasia, uh, if you, especially if you have, like, uh, LPS corals. You'll probably add it, but you may never know. Well, not only, there was an added benefit of one of them in the 160 that we have documented that that filefish was eating the, the flatworms. Mm -hmm. Documented it. We saw them picking at the corals. We thought, oh, they're just picking at the dead tissue. But when we go to blow off the acroating flatworms, that little mm. file fish sits there and waits. So. Yeah. Fish with a purpose. They have jobs in your tank. Don't skip Put them step. to work. Don't skip yeah, that So step. LG, but more than <laughs> that as well. All right. So, all right. All right. So I got, uh, uh, like, I got a special for you guys. It's kind of related to some of the stuff we're talking about today. Randy, if you're subscribed to our channel, Randy just sent it out. Or oh, did you? I'm doing it right I'm doing now. Doing it right now. You're going to see it already. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Otherwise, go hit the community tab on our site. But I'm going to share the end of story here. The final findings here of uh, like, like what I would really change on it. The hybrid method. Okay. Here we go. The changes I would make to this, and there's only like really three here that like after all the lessons, it's I made changes I make to the system is live rock, bare bottoms, or follow a different set, uh, system. Yeah. If you're gonna do the WWC system, it means get it's live rock. It means it's bare bottom. Get live rock or bust. Yeah. Right. Uh, more nutrition in food. Find that heavy in and then heavy out, meaning protein in and then waste out. Uh, and do what you feel by that matches that hour uh, addition of protein. Mm. Uh, amino acids and stuff like that, a really probably great solution for a home environment. We're not really around to do that. And water changes and filtrations to meet the needs of those foods. The one thing I'll tell you, uh, how much should I feed? And the answer to that is, you should feed it enough that uh, your, uh, the corals all look awesome without having continually rising nitrate and phosphate. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if you're a subscriber, you've probably already seen the deal that just came out. Uh, if you're not, uh, subscribe later. Here and, it is. Here's uh, how to find it. Uh, somebody a shared video. it. Oh, there's a little video here. You can yeah. find the community tab, and it's hidden right in here. Right there is where all the deals pop so up. The so desktop, you'll find it under the community tab or on your mobile. If you're subscribed, you'll find it in your subscription feed. Go take a look, see what is today's little deal. And if you make it to the end of these, we feel like you deserve something special. Yeah. So there you go. Great deal today. <laughs> uh, 24 right. hours. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. See ya.